Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. Welcome to episode two of Friendo Podcast, where we are going to be talking about finding your community through sport. We know, and Google confirms, that physical activity has been shown to have a strong and positive influence on mental well being and some mental illnesses, and that participation in regular physical activity can increase self esteem and reduce stress and anxiety. I mean, it sounds so easy. Why aren't we all doing it, honestly, right? But how does one know what sport to try or when to try it or how to do it if you've never done it before? I can be very um, fearful of trying new things and that fear has definitely prevented me from having certain experiences in my life. But I find because I'm more aware of it as I get older, it's like I acknowledge it, but I push her aside and I keep moving and try the thing, you know, at least that's always my goal. My guest today, Trista, shares her love of being active, specifically with running, endurance sports like triathlons, and even a new sport called swim run. More on that in the episode. I tell you, I learn new things all the time. And she does the thing, even though she doesn't consider herself that great at it. So I met Trista in Penang, Malaysia. She is a mom of two. She has a son and a daughter. And her second child, her daughter, was born in Penang just a few months before I had Jack. And thanks to the beautiful expat community, we connected And we were able to spend some time together before she jetted off and then I jetted off in different directions around the globe. So Trista originates from the U.S. She's currently living in the U.S. And funny enough, she actually doesn't consider herself a runner, which I'm just going to throw it out there. I have to disagree with her. She's done a whole bunch of half marathons. She ran in 22 states, Washington, D.C., Canada, Malaysia, and Thailand, and she now has a loose goal to run 13.1 miles in all 50 states before turning 50. Her passion and enthusiasm to challenge herself is incredibly infectious. She's run 10 full marathons, six half Ironman triathlons, two full Ironman triathlons, two off-road triathlons, but she doesn't consider herself a runner. And her answer to this might actually surprise you. You know, she considers herself a mother first and then a lover of endurance sports and adventure second. So before we jump into this episode, I wanted to share where I'm at with my fitness journey. Because right now it feels like it feels like it's on pause, honestly. Like my workout space is in my garage and it's a wee bit cold. Um, more like a lot cold in February in Canada. Hello, cold snap. And my motivation to get moving seems to have vanished like the grass beneath all that snow in my backyard. Like I know it's there somewhere, but I'm not really in the mood to dig for it. But I miss it like a lot. And as of today, while I'm recording, 
we have just come out of a two month lockdown in Ontario. And it's not like I was doing very much before, but I feel that the motivation is dwindling a little bit. And what I loved about this conversation with Trista was how it really ignited that spark for me to remember why I love being active. Like I love a good sweaty run or punching the crap out of a heavy bag at a kickboxing class and then laughing with my friends after, you know, or sharing it with you guys on Instagram. It's like I was saying, you know, I get sometimes... Most times I get a little scared to try new things. But then once I do the thing, it's usually all I want to do. Like I only just took up kickboxing in November. So it's all very new and I'm still learning all the ins and outs and I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy doing the thing, you know? And at one point in the conversation, Trista mentions motivation and how it's not reliable, like at all. And she references David Goggin who I looked him up and honestly, he kind of scares me because he demands greatness. And honestly, I don't, I don't really hate it. Like it's like that motivating kind of fear, you know? And a quote of his is motivation is crap. Motivation comes and goes when you're driven, whatever is in front of you will get destroyed. And he has a set of 10 rules with things like get in charge of your brain and develop discipline and do the things you don't like and take on challenges. Like some of this stuff can feel a little intimidating as you're reading it. You're like, back off, buddy. You don't even know me. You don't know my life. You know, that kind of stuff is not the easiest to read if you're not doing those things. But um, it also might even be harder to do the thing and do his suggested 10 rules Uh, if you're not currently doing them, but like really good stuff to try if you're looking to start leading a life where you feel in charge. Because I kind of feel that like floaty feeling right now. I'm so used to doing something physical and staying active that to really have paused that for the last eight weeks, it's been tricky. And I kept it up throughout January to a certain point, but like not not to the level I had been doing it for many, many months. And I'm starting to feel that icky feeling. Like I just need to do the thing. I know I will enjoy it. And I love a good challenge. So as you listen to this conversation, speaking of challenges, I challenge you to think in terms of what if. What if you try the thing that you've been thinking about? If it's not your thing, no problem. Try another thing. You know, what if you were to go for a walk today or run a 3K or pick up a kettlebell and swing it around for a bit? What if in the process of doing this thing, you encounter people, whether it's virtually or not, because things are slowly starting to open back up again in communities and around the world. But what if you meet people who also like that thing and they become your people? What if? Welcome to the podcast, Trista. Hey, Amanda. So good to see you. So excited. Trista, for the listener, tell us who you are, a little bit about what you do. Um, I want to make sure, like, you know, before we get into all that, like, people know that I 
am like your typical average mom. I'm your average person. Like I am not some like fitness guru. I don't coach people. I don't make a profit off of this. I don't make money at these events. Like I'm not um, like professional in any way like this. I'm just average stay at home mom. I have two young kids. My husband works full time and I am just, um, I like to work out. I like to um, be fit physically, mentally, like I'm just your average person who runs like a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, guys, I was like, she was telling me how much she runs. And then she told me that she wasn't a runner. And I was like, I'm missing something because this is is a lot of running. In fact, I've probably already told everyone, but I'm just going to list it out again because I was like, hold on, did I read that properly? Okay. So you've done a bunch of half marathons. You have done 10 full marathons, six half Ironman triathlons, two full Ironman triathlons. It keeps going. Two off-road triathlons and dabbled in some racing on mountain bikes. And then she's taken up this new sport of swim run, which we're going to get into. But like, I'm, I think my first question is, how can you have done all of that and then still say, I'm not really a runner? Like what, where is that come from? Tell me. That imposter syndrome, right? Mm. You know, like I kind of touched on it earlier. Like I, I'm not, I don't consider myself a good runner. Like maybe I'm, I'm a runner and I do it well because I do it often and I'm consistent. But um, when you think of someone doing these crazy, awesome feats, like you're like, oh, they must be good. And I'm like, no, honestly, Amanda, like you and probably all of our friends, like we're probably the same speed, you know? And when you're talking about athletics and, um, you know, competition, I feel like a lot of people get hung up around like speed and pace and all that. And like, that's not me. I do it because I enjoy it and it's fun, but I'm not fast. Like I'm not, um, crazy into the sports, although a lot of people would disagree with me. I'm like, sorry, what? what yeah. did, we, did she hear what we just heard about her accomplishments? I know, I know. It's crazy to think that. So yeah, sometimes. And and honestly, I've, I've struggled a lot in running. Like so much of the physical part of um, any sport and anything to do, any kind of fitness is the mental aspect to it. And I've really struggled as a runner. And so, um, yeah, to say like, oh, she's a runner. Like, well, for one thing, like I don't identify myself as just a runner. Like I'm also a lot of other things. And so to say I'm a runner kind of feel like it puts me in a corner, you know, but also like, I don't know, sometimes when I'm out with all these other people, I'm like, okay, these people are the real deal. Like they're serious. They're good. And like, they know what they're doing. And I'm just over here like, Hey, (laughs) honestly, that's a really interesting perspective of being like, you're, you're in it, you enjoy the sport, but you're not like, I don't need to now start, you know, a whole Instagram and you're going to track my numbers on every Mm. run that I do. Like it's, you do it literally because you enjoy it. And it contributes to your overall health. Now, in our time in Malaysia, I feel like we didn't cross paths as much. Like, when did you get to Malaysia? Yeah, we got to, okay, so we, you and I met towards the end of my stay there, which I'm kind of, you know, I'm bummed about, but um, I feel like you came into my life at a perfect time. But I remember meeting you and Dean and Esme, I think the first time we met, so to back up, answer your question. Um, we moved, I don't know what year it was, but you know, I talk in like years in my life of like what ages the kids were. (laughs) Um, yeah, my son was born in Texas and we moved to Malaysia when he was two and I met you guys probably when he was like three or four. So we'd probably lived there like a year without like ever really 
running into you, but we were invited to a Halloween party and very, being a very Western, like, um, holiday celebration, whatever that's called. Um, yeah, we brought our kids over to a Halloween party. And I remember Esme showed up in this amazing costume. I think she was like a rocket or like a, an astronaut or a spaceship. I can't remember exactly, but it was a, a like a do-it-yourselfer because, you know, you can't really go buy packaged Halloween costumes off the shelf over in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, um, like, hi, Amanda, I'm Tristan, nice to meet you. Oh my gosh, your daughter's costume is amazing. And you're like, oh yeah, my husband did that. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Dean, tell me about this costume. And he, he, he talked to me a lot about the costume that he made. And, um, he didn't really talk about being a pilot, which was funny. Cause now I know how he feels about that. Like talking about it to people. Uh-huh. Um, and, and yeah, y'all are just, I just remember being of course taken back by you because you're just so friendly and open and like authentic and genuine. And then your husband was just very heartfelt and chill and like very good people. Like it was really, um, yeah, I was like, okay, I need more of, of these people in my life. And then um, we both kind of fell pregnant at the same time. And I think that's really when things kind of started happening for us. Like you set up a mom's group. I learned that you had this um, online presence. And so I started watching your videos and stuff like that. And then the mom's group and the play group and everything else. And then sadly, we left Malaysia when my daughter was like six months. So we didn't have a whole lot of time. Um, but when, when, that, when our babies were little, little Jack and, and Addison, yeah, I remember we'd meet at the, um, the gardens for oh, like yeah. a little run and walk in the strollers. There'd be like the brigade of moms that had just had babies and yeah. Those well, days are just like so delicious and hot in my memories. All I remember is like so much heat, goodness so much heat. being being pregnant in Malaysia is like no joke, you know, and um, it's interesting too how quickly people come into your life and you're like fast friends. I remember vividly that Halloween party. I know that there's photos and I have like, you you see our little kids running around and we're just like sitting on the cement around the pool and it's because it's a really like expat thing, like not, they don't really do Halloween outside of like Canada Mm. and US, right? So um, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting how you quickly just connect with people and then you're like okay you got a baby on the way like come to these things come to these play groups like we're all just eating coffee cake and like talking so when and I don't know we, if I yeah. talked to you about it before but it is fast friends it's funny when you're like oh good what's your last name I'm going to use you on my emergency contact form for school <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so true yeah because yeah, oh, wow. you know the expat family becomes your family and it's yeah oh and you like immediately change numbers right away you're just like oh give me your number and like I yeah. like so when you had lived in Malaysia had you lived in other places uh, outside of the U.S. no no that was our first I was born and raised in Texas and I'd lived in Austin all my life like that was our first big move I opened a move yeah. How how was that for you? I feel like I've obviously shared umpteenth yeah. times online, but like, how was that experience for you? Um, it, a lot of it was, and, and you, we can, we can talk about this a little bit because this kind of plays into my fitness journey, but a lot of it was, there was a lot of personal stuff going on with, um, you know, I mentioned Pierce, my son was two when we moved over there, but, um, we were also trying to have our second baby for the majority of the time we were over there. And I was hit with a lot of infertility issues, which was really hard. And like to go through, um, for those of, uh, for those that have moved, anywhere. I don't care if you move down the street or if you've moved um, 
nationally, between states or internationally, um, you know what I'm talking about. It's it's hard. Just the move itself, all the things that you have to go through, but um, the personal growth that you go through and the personal changes you go through are massive, massive. I I remember leaving from Malaysia and the company that we went with, like they gave us cultural training and everything else that you go through. And they said, and upon repatriation, when you come back, we'll give more training. And I'm like, I'm, a, I'm an American. I know how to be an American. I don't need repatriation training. Whew. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> when it was time to come back home, I felt like I was coming back a completely different person with completely different experiences that not everyone can relate to. And I felt like sometimes I would talk about it too much or maybe to some people not enough. And I didn't know how to like relate to a lot of people when we came back. It was very strange. I loved my time in Malaysia. I loved it. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've heard you talk so much about it, and I feel very similarly, I think, to you. But um, yeah, it's life-changing for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just thinking how lucky you were to have that kind of support, like <sighs> to prep you for the move and then to kind of yeah. support you on your way back. Because I actually didn't even know that like reverse culture shock was a thing. Here it was like blah, blah, blahing on a video. And some lovely viewer was like, oh, honey, you, this is reverse culture shock. And I was like, what? This what? is a thing? And then I looked into it and I was like, oh my God. Literally, it was like all the symptoms was everything I was saying. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's just, you come back changed, right? And I found like so Initially, I had to like also not be so quick to make friends. It sounds super strange, but I was like, oh yeah, this person probably has a group of friends. <laughs> like, you sound so desperate, Amanda. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, right. You don't just like change numbers right away and like invite them for coffee tomorrow. Like it's, right. you just, they, that's weird. They're hanging out with like, play, and they're like, cool. I met this crazy lady at the grocery store and it's like, oh my God, I'm that person. So that took some like time to figure out. Did you know we've released a shop where you can support Frendo? Check out hellofrendo.com and explore. That's H-E-L-L-O-F-R-I-E-N-D-O.com and shop mugs, shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more. We're constantly adding new goodies for you. Your purchase directly supports the show and the work involved in creating it for your ears. So thank you. Check out hellofrendo.com. All right, back to the show. With your fitness side of things, like, did you, you said you were trying for a baby while you're in mm -hmm. Malaysia. Like, did you, were you working on your fitness while you were there? Because I know you said you've been very active for like the last yeah. 15 years. Like, was that part of your life there? Yeah, it, it was. Um, I didn't really expect it to be as much as it ended up being. But um, when I went to Malaysia, I had, I had done probably a couple marathons, um, yeah, a couple marathons. And when I got there, I, I had done some long distance bike rides and I'd done some triathlons, like some shorter stuff. But when I got there, I found myself very alone um, on the treadmill, looking out at the sea and just like, oh crap. Like what, what have we gotten ourselves into? What am I gonna do? Um, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to not focus on my body's inability to have a baby right now. And I'm going to see what fun things that can be done while I'm over here. I'm going to enjoy this time because at the time it was like, we felt the company could pull us back at any moment. Like we didn't really know how long we had there. And so for the time that we have, I'm going to make the best of it. You know, I started looking up all these runs and stuff to do, like the Great Wall of China Marathon and like all these cool countries that you can hop to pretty quickly. And like, 
what's some cool things, like where are some cool places I could run? And um, I had always kind of in the back of my head, I'd heard about Ironman. I wanted to kind of dabble in that, but I didn't really know where to get started. And I was just like, screw it. I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Maybe I do. I start, maybe this is where I do the Ironman. This is where I start training for it. So I reached out to some friends back home and I was like, all right, I think I'm ready to do this. And it turns out I wasn't ready at all. Like I didn't even have any of the gear over there. Um, But, um, and thankfully, you know, a mutual friend of ours, um, Laurel, that was very much in the expat community over there, she was also into fitness. And so she was, um, she played a really big role in like kind of enabling me to like, you know, start running over there and like knowing where to run and how to run in that heat. I mean, that was hot, you know, very hot. So when you were in Malaysia running and training, so you, you, you tapped into your community, both mm-hmm. in the States and then what, who was like around you in Malaysia, like, did yeah. you have a coach or did you just kind of like figure it out like times of day to run? Yeah, I did. Um, I had a coach. I reached out to um, my marathon coach who I'd worked with while I was living in Texas. Um, I reached out to her and was like, hey, can can we do this long distance? And she was like, absolutely. Karen is her name. She's a wonderful lady, a really close friend of mine, even still. Um, and she would write me a plan. And um, it, it's funny because she's, you know, she was like, I don't know what you got over there. Can you ride your bike on the roads? And I'm like, ooh, you know, thinking about driving out to Batu Ferengi. Remember that? the really windy, like, um, yeah, I can ride a bike on that. Sure. No problem. <laughs> um, so there were definitely some challenges to get around, but, um, yeah, we made it work. She wrote a plan for me and basically she would just give me like a week at a time, um, a swim, a bike and a run schedule and, um, work out. And I would just find ways to get it done. So I would tap into the community. Like you said, I found like a tri group there. Um, I found some friends to run with. I found a pool to swim at and, um, yeah, and worked with her to kind of just like set goals along the way. Cause when you think about becoming an Ironman, um, there's a lot of training involved and that in and of itself is really hard, but all the obstacles along the way, like travel and your husband traveling for work and, you know, kids getting sick, um, you know, work obligations. Cause at the time I was, I was working while we were living overseas, I was also working. Um, so just challenges of like, you know, schedules and families and activities and, um, all of the other things that make it really, really hard to stay on top of your training. Um, those challenges were there too, but yeah, um, we, you know, found a way to make it work. So tell me a little bit about like, you know, you mentioned like you make it sound so easy. Like, yeah, you just got into like triathlon. I'm like, what? Like, I can't even get around the block running. I'm trying. Okay. I'm like, at this point in my life, I'm like a fair weather runner and the treadmill. So like, here's where we are. So have you always been into running? Like what were were you athletic in high school? Like what was your kind of upbringing like in terms of sports and athletics? Yeah. So as a kid and as a teenager, I was, um, I was always pretty athletic. Like I was involved in sports. I always did things, not at like a super competitive level, but, um, I was competitive in swimming in high school. So I kind of started, um, the triathlon career as a swimmer, um, which isn't the angle that most people come into triathlon. They usually come as like cyclists or runners and everybody hates the swim. But, um, yeah, I was a swimmer at heart and, um, I remember my high school coach. Um, I loved her. She was, 
she had a friend that did Ironman and she would always kind of like talk to us about like the crazy things that happened during her race and like some of the hallucinations that her friend had. Cause when you're um, working your body to that extreme and um, sometimes there's fatigue and like mental fatigue comes into it, there are kind of crazy things that you do. <laughs> um, especially in like ultra running, people have like real hallucinations. You haven't slept in 24 hours and you're seeing, you know, bobcats dressed in like, um, I don't know, rain boots and like so they, weird yeah yeah so um, my high school swim coach kind of talked about that a little bit um and I remember thinking at the moment like that's nuts like who would want to do that like I will never be an Iron Man. Like, that's just crazy and um now I know those words are like the kiss of death like when you say oh I'll never <laughs> do that yeah. and then here you are oh my so yeah so you're um, athletic in high school, you're, you're, I mean, just even the thing that's popping out at me is having a coach or someone even mm. just expose you to that being something that people can do. Yeah. Like, and, and it was, it's great. I really, um, I value that she did that for us. Um, our high, our senior year in high school, um, as a final, cause you know, this was like an athletic period. So, um, you had to have a grade at the end of it. So as our final, she made us do a triathlon, um, which, oh, I hate it. Speaking about not identifying as a runner, she would make us run with a cross country team and like on off season. And yeah, she made us do a triathlon at the end of the season. And um, I hated running. I didn't mind the bike so much, but I hated running. Amanda, I would like you. I was the biggest whiner. Like, oh my god, she's making <laughs> us run two miles. Like you would have thought it was the end of the world. But like in reality, okay, that's twenty minutes. Like suck it up you know, but, um, I hated it. I hated everything about it. And so when it came time to triathlon, it was like, uh, I, I liked everything, but the run. And I think that mentality is just really, unfortunately hung around with me like for a really long time. Just, Oh, I hate it. I hate it. And so, um, in my adult life, fast forward, like a, you know, 10 years later, I had a really good friend, Don, who was getting married and, you know, I want to be in shape for my wedding and I want to do this fun thing. I see there's this triathlon. It's an all women's triathlon circuit that was coming through Austin, Texas. It's called Danskin. They do great things or they did. Um, will you do it with me? And I'm like, sure. I don't have a bike, but I'll go buy one. And I don't know um, anything about triathlon, but sure, let's do it. And we, we got a coach. There's this, um, women's group in Austin at the time, um, called iron chicks. They literally teach you to swim, teach you to ride a bike and teach you to run, teach you how to put it all together. And then on the event, they have like a, a sprint. It's a shorter distance triathlon. Um, and it's just kind of like a way to get women involved in the sport and get them to try it. And, um, it hooked me. So I, that was my first like real triathlon. And then from there, I just kind of grew um, more into that same coach as Karen, who I was talking about, who I um, went uh, carried on my training with through Malaysia. But um, after the initial triathlon training, she was like, Hey, I'm doing this marathon group. Do you want to come try a marathon? And I'm like, Oh, Karen, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> woman and she had the advanced group nonetheless so she was a very competitive real um, experienced runner um, and coach with certifications and all of that and she had um, a very solid group of runners that she coached that were you know either trying to qualify for Boston or had some serious time goals that had been added a while and I was like Karen 
you know, I can't run probably more than four miles consecutively. Like, do you know what you're getting yourself into by asking me to do this? And also at the time I was, you know, I was a young adult. I was single out of college working, but um, I was partying a lot. I was, you know, spending a lot of time at the bars, like smoking. <laughs> I was smoking mm. cigarettes and drinking. Like sometimes we would have happy hours before the run group. Like I would show up like after. Oh, to be year. young, right? I just know. like. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So I never took it like super seriously, but I always really, really enjoyed it. And um, I did a couple marathons with her and then we moved to Malaysia. So it was kind of just this gradual, like, um, you know, people convincing me that I can do things, um, but not really convinced that I liked doing them myself because ugh, running, who wants to run for four hours straight? You know, that's crazy. You know what? You know, what's so interesting about your experience is like here in my mind and probably like a lot of listeners, you think running is like this solo independent adventure. Mm. But what's interesting is your journey really. It's like it's actually been like a bit of a community experience, like friendships. You tap into this like group of women who are running triathlon. You don't just need to be by yourself like you can. I mean, now it's all virtual, but like there's ways to tap into groups of people to help support you and encourage you and keep you accountable with your, with your runs and so much so. And it's so, um, and I think if you talk to any runner and endurance athlete, like they will tell you the community is such a huge part in that like it is a solo sport um and when we get into swim run I, I can't wait to talk about that because that's a little bit different but um it doesn't have to be a solo sport you know like um there are t- i i personally enjoy running alone because you know being a busy mom like there's not a whole lot of time that you get just to be alone and like oh especially during the pandemic like you know husband used to travel kids used to go to school and now it's like Hmm. Everyone works from home. The kids are schooled from home. Like I have no alone time. So when I get an hour to go run, I'm like, you can bet your ass I'm going to be by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And even then I'm not, they still call me. The kids call me, mom, can I have some ice cream? Or, you know, mom, I can't find my, my school book or mom, this mom, that I'm like, but it's fine. I'm alone. Um, but yeah, the community is so you can find Anywhere you go, you can find a group of people that are like-minded like you that are um, into what you do and are very supportive of you doing it. Um, And most of the times, like, you know, you can fall into those. um, You have to find your people. I think in everything in life, um, it might take some time to find your people regardless of what you're into. Um, But once you find your community and that circle and those people who think like you and lift you up and support you and tell you like so many people will tell me like, Oh, that's crazy. I could never run a hundred miler. And I'm like, you could, but that's not the point. The point is there are other people in my circle that have done it, that believe in me and support me and don't just tell me, Oh, that's bad for your knees. (laughs) Right. You know, totally. Um, Community is very, very important and so resourceful. I mean, so many resources. Um, Cause you know, none of us, um, not all of us know exactly what we're doing or, you know, what we're getting ourselves into. So having people that have been through it and, you know, can, can offer um, coaching and guidance and all that. Yeah. Is, is key. So do you do just running or are you doing weight training or what else are you working in Um, there? So, okay. Let's talk about swim run because. Yes. Okay. Swim run. Tell um, me. 
so I was real heavy into the triathlon scene and that was um, starting to wear on me. It's starting to wear on my family. It was a lot of training time away. And um, honestly, I wasn't really finding all of the joy that I originally found when I first um, got into the sport. And um, somehow I stumbled across this sport called swim run and it's um, it originated in over in Sweden. It's a growing sport, but it's still pretty small, pretty niche following. Um started as a bet, like any good sport does. Um, you know, I bet the two of us will beat you to, you know, you swim across this body of water, you run across the island, swim across to the next island, run, swim. Did I say that right? Swim, swim, run. Yeah. <laughs> you swim in the ocean and then you run on land. Um, yeah. So you just swim and run, swim and run as one fluid movement through nature from like point A to point B. And so you, you're carrying all the gear with you. So you run in a wetsuit and you swim in your shoes. And um, it's kind of more along the lines of adventure racing. It's um, like every course is different. It's not like triathlon or marathon where it's very specific distances and it's very time-based and, you know, um, it's very structured. Um, swim run is much more fluid. It's much more being about like in nature with friends and it's done as a team sport. And it originally started off that way because of safety. Um, they wanted you to have a person within 10 meters of you at all times, like for safety reasons. Um, and I really, really, really love that aspect of the sport um, because you have to do it with someone, you know, that's, there's a lot of times where, you know, we go through these competitions where this, the people are running or biking, uh, biking, cycling um, next to you, um, but not really with you the whole time. And this sport allows someone to be with you experiencing everything you're experiencing at the same time. And um, just a way to, to, to do that and kind of just explore and have a different adventure like each time. This is so neat. So how did you stumble on this? So I came across it. Um, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And um, there's a group of people in my master's swim class um, that had done some swim run events. And one of my friends, Meredith, was like, hey, what do you know about this? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me pass this over to my my um, good friend, Amy, who I do a lot of triathlon training with. I'm like, let me see what she thinks about this. So she had heard about it. And yeah, it's just kind of this weird thing that's um, like really starting to take off. And one of the things I'm really, really um, excited about, because, you know, you talk about community, the swim run community is amazing. Like it's very inclusive. It's very welcoming. Um, it's very, we don't have in most like triathlon and running, um, races, there's age groups, there's like an elite division. Um, <clears throat> and we don't really have any of that. It's just like everyone coming together, doing the same thing. Um, and I'm really excited about, you know, moving forward. I think that I'm going to be doing a lot of work with this group called wild swim run, who is, um, there's two lovely ladies in the sport that, um, started this group to really just, um, promote the sport of swim run and, and to women and to youth and just get more women and youth involved in the sport and to, to know what it's about and to come try it. And they take their kids out They They live over in Sweden and it's so cute. Like to see all these kids, like chomping through the snow, like swimming in like really icy waters and like, Oh, um, they're doing it in the winter. Crazy. Yeah. This yeah. is wild. Maybe, maybe not so much. Um, yeah. Um, in the winter is like, it <laughs> that has a lot of um challenges with for kids sure yeah. yeah yeah oh this um, is so interesting so, so where are people doing these runs is it just in sweden right now 
No, they've, um, it's all over um, globally. There's, um, I wish I knew the ones in Canada. There are some in Canada. And right now, because of the pandemic, there's, um, mm. you know, dates are changing and things are getting moved. And um, unfortunately, some of the races have had to, can't, you know, be canceled. Um, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a couple in North Carolina. There's one in Texas. There's some out in California and the Pacific Northwest. There's two in Michigan. So like they're kind of popping up. There's one in Tennessee, one in Georgia, like um, kind of popping up all over the place. They're more like smaller type races. Um, and then obviously overseas, there's a whole bunch um, over in Europe. There's um, kind of you know where the sport started. Um, right. Yeah. So Um, like in terms of like length of, so like if you're, how long would you be swimming for? How long would you be running for? Like, what is this kind of, how would, how long would this take you to do? It's different every race. So there's a lot of them that will start very small, like, um, like, Hey, you know, come try like reducing the barrier to entry. Like Mm -hmm. it might seem really, um, intimidating for you to come run 13 miles and swim a 5k. So let's do, um, a shorter race and let's, see if you like it. Let's see what you think about it. But there's, um, I mean, the world championship that happens over in Sweden, I'm going to get these distances wrong. I want to say it's like, oh, I'm so bad at conversion. What is it? I mean, it's more than, it's more than a marathon distance. It's more than 42 K of running and it's probably more of 10 K swimming. Okay. Broken up. Right. So it's, um, you know, maybe the runs, in a typical race will be between anywhere from half a mile to eight miles on the, on the longer run. Um, and then the, in the water, it could be like, sometimes it's literally like you run through a puddle okay. <laughs> and other times it's, you know, a mile swim. So, um, it's just all different. It's really what the, the geography will dictate. Oh. So it's not right, obviously, cause it's like, where are we running? And so, it, it, so the swimming part accumulatively would be, 5k or 10k or whatever it is i see okay this is so interesting it's really really cool yeah and i love that like you know it it shows like the passion that you have for just the the this side of it so like you said it wasn't you know you weren't getting the same joy from doing Mm -hmm. your triathlons and it's like all of a sudden you hear about this new thing and you i like that you don't hesitate you're like yeah let's try it like let's try it (laughs) swim in my shoes sure why not let's give it a go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now you have to start a business to like start making all these like equipment things that go with the uh, sport or who knows my husband <laughs> <laughs> I'm like hold on if it's new that means there's opportunity um, oh Amanda I love you <laughs> <laughs> that's so exciting so okay so you said it is like a team sport so do you have a person that like you're this is your swim run buddy yeah um it's yeah I have a partner and it's funny because I I use that term a lot and I forget that if you're not into swim run and like you don't realize what I'm saying like um one day I I met a girl at, at the pool here and I talked for probably a good I don't know five minutes about my partner and my partner's <laughs> birthday and she's so great she was re- she had the same swimsuit as her and I'm like oh my partner has the same suit and finally I was like oh um my swim run partner uh not my life partner not my life partner <laughs> different different yeah completely acceptable so but that's amazing because it's that integrated into your life that you're like this what person is my person she is kind of like my life partner she's my person right now yeah so in swim run um you can you know there are people like me and amy amy's my partner um who kind of stick together and we do all of our races together but it doesn't have to be that way i mean i could partner with anybody um that was willing to do it you know 
Um, but yeah, I do have, I do have my person. Um, uh, we've done like, you know, six or seven swim races together. Um, and we've got like a whole, we're supposed to go to Norway this year. We're supposed oh to go last gosh. year, but yeah. we're supposed to go to Norway for a really epic race over there. Um, yeah, and she's great. She lives in Texas. So we do all of our training again, part of the community. A lot of my community is virtual, <laughs> you know, um, but very important. And yeah, we do a lot of our training. We do have a coach. We have a coach who lives over in, in Sweden um, who writes the plan for us. We've used um, a coach again here from North Carolina. We've, yeah, there's a big community out there that we're drawing, drawing on to, to help this us This is that. amazing. This is yeah. amazing. Um, so obviously this is part of your goal for this year. Like you're working on this. Is there anything else that you're working on for 2021? Yeah. So in 2020, okay. So I should preface this by saying I'm not a new year's resolution person. Sure. Um, I feel because just personally for me, I have these goals, I have these ideas and things that I want to do. And um, they don't typically correlate with the beginning of a new year, but there was an exception last year. I don't know. I came across like probably like a really cool picture online of this person handstanding um, like in the mountains. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like, I'm going to learn a handstand. And it was like in December. So I'm like, I'm going to find, you know, we were going on like a, an, a vacation. So when I'm back from that, starting the new year, I'm going to find a course online and I'm going to learn a handstand. And in, you know, four weeks, I'll be handstanding. It'll be amazing. I'm going to take a picture like that. I'm going to post it on socials and it's going to get 100 likes and yay. <laughs> so um, I started that January 1st of 2020. And I quickly realized, like, oh, shit, I'm in way over my head. Like, <laughs> and standing's not easy. <laughs> but I found that it was really challenging and really fun and something completely different than the swim, bike, run that I was doing before. And um, it's a good way to, like, just build strength in areas that I had not previously worked to build strength on. And so, and mostly it was just fun. It was um, very humbling. <laughs> to try to catch balance upside down for five seconds. Um, but I, I kind of stuck with it like 2020. Um, it was kind of, it kind of came in like the ebb and flow. Like I'd be really interested for a couple weeks and then I wouldn't do a handstand for a couple weeks. And, um, 2021, I was like, screw that. Like I'm, it's not going to be a resolution. It's going to be, I'm committed this year. Like I am going to actually focus, um, a good 30 minutes. If it's only 30 minutes a day, something at least every day where I can, um, put towards handstanding. And so that's kind of the new thing that I'm doing this year. Um, I've dedicated myself to doing at least some handstand work every single day. Is and it like a little bit of yoga in there? Like, is it, there, there are a lot of yogis that do handstanding, but, um, it is very different. There's like hand balancers, um, I'm oh. learning I, and I'm talking it way over my pay grade here. I have no, <laughs> I'm not the expert at this. Um, and there are yoga yogis that do um, inversions, right? But they're, for me, I'm, I'm more, I'm more just on the handstanding. Okay. So there are certain exercises and mobility and flexibility that, you know, you can work on that will help in the handstand. And that's kind of, and kind of what I'm doing. I got a coach. I love a good handstand. I, when you told me you had a coach, I was like, okay, what? Like yeah. there's so it's, there's literally something for everyone. You know, one of the things is like you mentioned, like you've reached out to coaches, you tap into your community. Like, is there any advice you would give someone who's looking to take up, you know, a swim run or running or like anything really endurance yeah. wise? I mean, like anything else, like 
find someone, you know, mm. find someone who is supportive of you doing it. Um, because I think that's really important, especially like if you're talking about something as hard as running or something as cr- like something that sounds as crazy as swim run, you know, um, find someone that has that that's into it, that can help you with it, that can answer your questions and kind of navigate you because it's really easy to come across an obstacle um, like weather you know, um, and be like, oh, it's too hot to run outside or it's too cold to run outside. I'm just not going to do it. It's, you know, but if you, if you have someone there that's like, no, you know what, you can do this and let me help you. Let me show you. And better yet, like, let me, let me be there with you. You know, like literally we can do it together. Like, um, that's, that's like key, but, um, also it's like, you know, just don't be discouraged. I feel like I've, I found my thing. And even though that might change throughout the years, like find your thing, like running is not for everyone. You know, um, I've, I, my daughter, I just put her in tennis lessons and I'm like, I have got no clue what she's doing. Like I am not a tennis person. I don't do golf. I don't understand it. I don't know why people would be so into it, but if it's your thing, like, do it, find your thing. And just, and, and I feel like don't quit until you find your thing, you know? Um, and it might take a while, but also like, um, there, there will be a lot of obstacles, like nothing is going to be super easy or come naturally. Um, you know, it's not like I'm really motivated every day to get out the door and go do this. Like some days I just don't want to, you know, but, um, it's not about that. It's not about what it is in the moment. It's like the the bigger picture, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I was, I was just, um, listening to a podcast and not a podcast. It's a, um, the ebook, David Goggins. Do you know who David Goggins is? I don't know. He is a, um, he's like celebrity status, um, in all things endurance. And he is a Navy SEAL, like a U.S. Navy SEAL who had just like a really hard upbringing, but he is famous and like known for his like, like grit and determination and like his, um, attitude and, He's, he's amazing. You should go Google him. But um, I was listening to his book. Ooh, it was really some hard things to listen to. But he talks about, and, and a lot of his motivational speaking, he talks about um, motivation and how it's crap and how it doesn't exist and how you can't rely on motivation um, because you might be motivated in the moment. Like, you know, sometimes I watch like you know, the Olympics, you know, and you're like, oh, you've got this motivation, like go do something or like New Year's comes around and you make a resolution and you're motivated. But, you know, when it comes time to, you know, the alarm goes off at 5 a.m., well, you're not very motivated at 5 a.m. If it's snowing outside, you're not very motivated. You know, the the determination and the commitment and the drive has to take over in order to get you to go do that thing. But talking to you and it's like reminding me of the joy of doing the thing, because I yeah. think when you focus on the thing... Like, oh, I got to go for a run. Oh, I got to go lift like a kettlebell. I don't want to do it. You know, they're cold because they're in the garage. But it's like, yeah, but you have so much fun swinging that damn thing around, you know, and it's reminding. Yeah. And I found you don't have to like it every day. Like not Mm -hmm. every day is going to be like, I love working out. This kettlebell is amazing. I, (laughs) you know, you can't expect it to be that. And if anyone's telling you that it is that they're full of shit, you know, like um, it, not every day is going to be your best day. Like, but you do it anyway, you know, because it's those small, my, my dad calls it eating an elephant. Like, mm. you know, um, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Exactly. It, it just, uh, that is solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've been hearing that a lot lately, that saying, because it, when you go through, yeah, when you're trying to tackle something tricky, it's mm-hmm. like, 
You don't have to look at the big, just little bit, little bit. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think the other big message that I think is solid for people listening is like, you don't have to go at it alone. And I think loneliness right now oh. is just so magnified with this pandemic. And it's like, but like there's another way to do it. Like all of these coaches, all of these people, I mean, you may have a good friend who could be your accountability buddy. And like, that's your person. You know, my partner lives in Texas, but you know, we have the same runs, we have the same swims. And so we check in on each other, you know, it's not our physical presence, but um, yeah. And there's, there are those people, there's forums, there's groups, there's Facebook groups, there's all sorts of online communities, you know, that you can tap into and like find people that will help you and support you and keep you. I'm using the word motivated. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's like through other people. I love that. Yeah. Solid yeah. advice. Well, thanks, Trista. This was awesome. This is fun. Welcome to Debrief with Dean, man friend. Debrief with Dean. So handsome. So uh, I have a question for you. Have you ever done an endurance sport? By endurance, you mean like? Well, I suppose just sporting in general. Like I know you told me a lot about when you were younger, you were really into cycling. Yeah. Is that an endurance sports cycling? I mean, yeah, you would go for long distances. So I'm going to go with yeah, endurance. Well, I did cycling and I did some rock climbing. And, uh, you know, I participated in like triathlons and stuff, but I was always like the cyclist. I never ran. Mm. I'm not a good runner. So you did like team triathlons. Yeah, team triathlon, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because Trista was telling us about her experiences. <sighs> She's awesome. Isn't she lovely? I love how Trista brought up the part about sitting around the pool in Malaysia at Halloween when you'd made Esme her Halloween costume with the little rocket. Oh yeah, that so was cool. Cute. So sweet. So, yeah, like she has done so many things like triathlons and um has taken up a new sport. Anyway, but what I found so fascinating is just the joy that she got out of the community from the sport that she's in. Oh yeah. That seems to have really blossomed, hasn't it? My friend in Bahrain, uh, Fabio, he's a uh, Brazilian, mm-hmm. but he lives in Bar- Bahrain. Yeah. And, uh, he's like a full on triathlete, does Ironmans all the time. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Amazing. Does he travel around the world and do it? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. what Trista's doing now. And she's taken up, I mean, she was telling us about swim run, which is this new sport that's in Sweden where you like swim and run and like with the partner. It's so cool. But um, cool. when you were cycling and yeah. when you were rock climbing and stuff like that, did you find yourself immersed in the community? Like in that kind Not of... Not really because I grew up in a smaller place. Okay. So I did like for the cycling part, I started off road biking and I was on like a provincial team just for the Western Canada Games. Mm. And I was quite young and I don't know, even remember how we did, but it was more like the experience of going. Yeah. There was no one else to go. So I went. (laughs) And uh, then I moved out kind of near the mountains to Calgary and I got into mountain bike racing and yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I mean, I wouldn't call it, I guess it was endurance. Yeah, I I liked it. And then the rock climbing was very exciting and I had a good mentor for that. So that was fun. Okay, one thing is really cool. What we just watched that movie with the kids this weekend, that documentary. What's it called? With Alex Hadell or Hondell or the mountain climber who climbed yeah, Elk. This, uh, free, it's called Free Solo, I think. Free Solo. If you haven't watched it, I mean, it's totally Hanald, our cup of tea. Hanald, yeah. Hanald. That. What is his name? Alex. 
Alex Hanald, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Alex, you're putting the wrong emphasis that. on the wrong syllable. <laughs> um, yeah, what a show that was, wasn't it? It was, Kate, and I think the part, so obviously he's like a prodigy, almost rock climber. Like that guy is incredible. But what I found so fascinating and kind of like after perusing his Instagram, I think the thing that makes me the most like FOMO, which makes no sense because I'm not part of their friend group, but I would love to have a group of friends who are just like immersed in this like climbing culture or it doesn't have to be climbing. I know I'm, yeah, not, I'm an earth part person. Of something. Yeah. Yeah. And it just was like, you're looking at those photos and I know nothing is as always, it's not always as it seems, but God, that looks fun. You're like camping, planning the next climb. Like your whole year revolves around these adventures. Right. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool. I mean, I don't think it's hard to find that stuff. Well, I kind of thought it was. And then based on what Trista was saying, like every time she's done something like triathlons or whatever, she's always tapped into this community of people. Like when she was in Malaysia, her coach was in the US. And so she, she was sending her like, you know her routines to follow there oh really oh really that's kind of a cool concept isn't it right and so it's like and i'm thinking you know i took up i mean i took up running last summer you did take up i did though what do you mean take up you were running and running and running yeah and i even ran like a 10k and i did i ran a 5k and like got a time stamp and everything like right but what i have i realized what i did a little bit wrong is like i didn't tap into a community of runners who are at my caliber like i was kind of looking to like people who've been running for years who kind of scoff at a 5k but for me it's a big deal i'm i'm making up stories in my head nobody's making i don't think any, any issues with me I running it, it, maybe way back then it was you know like that um but now i think you know people are incredibly supportive when or i would think they were incredibly supportive when you want to do something that they're interested in. I mean, that's with anything. Right. right. And so I have this great community that I tap into, like the listeners and YouTube yeah. and stuff. But I'm realizing I should have checked to see if there was anybody local to me, like who's really into running and who wants an accountability buddy and like to help me stay motivated. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, geez, I'm sure there's no shortage of co- coaches. But I think that you also are kind of like, you like to be a little bit of a lone wolf mm. as well. I know it's sometimes yeah, you like to do stuff by yourself and that's part of the attraction too with those great those sports like that is just I mean um you've got a couple friends that run and I see them once in a while they're running down the path or whatever and I'm just like that's amazing they're off by themselves yeah. like clearing their minds and getting in shape it's or not getting in shape they're in great shape so and I find too like you know, you know, we probably have a lot of people who are listening and are maybe super active, but maybe aren't because it's a tricky time of year. If you're, especially if you're in a in a place where there's seasons, like when it's yeah. mid winter cold snap, I am struggling right now to find the motivation. But the one thing I got from Trista was like the joy of doing the thing, right? Just to do it, not to get a six pack, not to like whatever to beat your time, just to do it because you like it. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, it's just the best thing when you find something that really motivates you and you like it, like you're doing it for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I signed up for my first uh, kickboxing class this weekend. Oh, my God. I'm excited. And you're going to be sore. And sore. Yeah, I'm nervous. So I'll get the shiatsu oil ready. (laughs) Oh, I see how that's going to (laughs) end. But, uh, you know, 
I think, yeah, that's the big message for me today is like, try not to get lost in the competitive nature of all the sporting things that you might want to try, or even just like try to avoid that competitive mentality where you feel like you don't look a certain way, so you're not allowed to play or participate. It's like, oh, yes. just do the damn thing because you like to do it. Well, that was when, I mean, when I was younger and I like, I downhill ski raced a little mm. bit, um, you know, uh, uh, things like that. Uh, and, and I found that really competitive and, and it's, it's a sad thing because some sports are kind of, they exclude people of a certain income bracket because now, I mean, it wasn't too expensive when I was doing it, but downhill skiing. Yeah. Oh, that was way out of our income bracket. Well, it was out of a lot of income brackets, you know, and like my poor dad, the stuff, like you know the uh the stuff that he had to buy for us well he didn't have to but uh, i broke my thumb by the way that's why i can't hold this very well but um <laughs> it's a story for another day and but you know you look at at uh at sports that that you know for yourself that you know fit into your income bracket and and your uh you know uh, um your competitive nature like i really am not that competitive at anything like i don't i don't want to be around that you know because flying kind of tends to be a little bit like type a so do you find when things get competitive you almost like like resist it like it's like eh, i'm not really no it depends what it is Mm. yeah it depends what it is i mean for everyday life i'm pretty well like you know i'm like martha stewart or something (laughs) i'm just kind of making food and looking at trees and stuff and then work (laughs) stuff is more you know, more serious or whatever. Right. But um, no, I, what I was going to say is that I, re, you know, you got to find those sports that, that really appeal to your nature. And if it's rock climbing, you know, that's cool. The one thing I don't like that I still kind of see around, like Esme was doing the rock climbing in the gym. Yeah. You know, you're always getting the, you're always getting the giant speech about, um, you know, safety and all that type of stuff, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe they could shorten it up a little bit because by the time you get those kids on the oh, wall. Oh, like at the kids climbing place? Yeah, it's like, okay, I got it. <laughs> like Jeez, they're not you listening anyway. It's not going to change. <laughs> it, like you're climbing, you know, 12 feet off the ground and there's a giant mat there. What could go wrong, mm-hmm. right? And I think as a parent, like I have zero experience climbing. I've actually never done it. We've taken those kids to the climbing thing so many times. I would probably like to try it. Um, But what I try to do as well is like, I can get fearful of things I've never done before. Shocking. I know. I get really nervous, right? Are you shocked? No. (laughs) But I try to push that aside for myself, but I definitely try to limit that exposure. Like when the kids want to do something new, I'm like, show no fear, show no fear, because I want them to have their own true lived experience and not be totally influenced by me, you know? So I don't know. I'm totally inspired by this chat with Trista. Yeah. It's cool that she's doing that. Wow. Yeah. So cool to connect to because we all, we shared that life in Malaysia, right? It was, I actually had to cut out huge chunks of this um, interview. Sorry, friends, but it was like, we just caught (laughs) up and we were talking like (laughs) honestly and you know you bounce around because you haven't seen each other in so long and such a good chat anyways yeah well thanks for chatting oh thanks i love to come on in the end and throw a little bit of a babble you know (laughs) babbling idiot 
portion to Frendo. No, we love you. And thank you for listening, guys. We appreciate your support. Yeah, thanks for your support. Jeez, a lot of people were visiting the store. Loved it. And and uh, are visiting the store and buying stuff and supporting this podcast. So if you want to go to um, hellofrendo.com and uh, purchase something cool. There's toques in the store now. Yeah, there's toques. And also uh, we're just searching out, you know, we're searching out new products that um, probably everybody and their dogs starting that type of business now, right? But we're searching out new products that are affordable and uh, and good quality. So we'll put new stuff on there every once in a while, huh? That's right. When we both agree, <laughs> I want you to go on there. Just a minute. But we try. We work well. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. And check back next week for a brand new episode. Yep. Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember... Be your own bird. Bye.